We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, brother? And, and you were nice to me. I'm not just a troublemaker on the show. I'm a troublemaker in just life. So oh, I appreciate rec- you having me as always. We're recording this after the Miami Heat game. I think the first thing that jumped out to me watching the Heat game is the idea the war that Steph could play awful. Three for 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, saying he played awful is isn't necessarily fair. Ten assists. He's always impacting the game because... Uh, the way he's guarded and 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 all the various other aspects of it but like he didn't shoot the ball well could you imagine the warriors not only winning this game but being fun to watch in a game where Steph quite frankly can't hit a shot 6 7 months ago last season i mean no and and i think actually i mean Steph finished uh, even in plus minus um and that the gravity that he has and the, what he opens up for other people is always a thing, right? The Lakers, uh, the, Lakers right. the Warriors had 50, I think 58 uh, points in the paint. And all of that is not all of it, but a lot of it is because of the gravity that Steph draws. But I thought Steph was worse on defense. I mean, it was Steph was bad today. <laughs> he was just plain bad. Um, yeah, started with the two fouls in the first three minutes. It's something he really hasn't done. I mean, he, he used to do that like five, six years ago. That was like such a yeah, staple. Yeah, he was very handsy, yeah. But, now, you know, he's kind of got – it was a throwback to like his worst habits tonight. And, and Steph – like Steph has been – like on balance has been pretty good defensively this year. It's his best defensive yeah. year. But uh, tonight he was he was bad on both ends. Um, but to answer your question, no. And I think it speaks to um, the intelligent way that this team was put together – and just the, I mean, some of it's good fortune. A lot of it is, is, you know, conscious decisions that are being made and, and differences that the front office has decided this is what we want to do. Um, but there are, it's, it speaks to the depth of, of this team. And, you know, obviously that's even going to get, it's going to become more of a question um, when Clay comes back and then when Wiseman comes back. But there are like legitimate NBA players that just aren't going to be able to play. They're just you can't play this many guys every night 
So um, the fact that the Warriors can get away with a terrible Steph game and still basically control the game against a really good team in Miami, even though Miami was missing some guys, speaks to how far this organization has come, as you mentioned, just like in the last six, and, seven and months. And that's probably why they've been able to ride out COVID. And I mean, every team has been hit with the health and safety protocols over the last mm-hmm. month pretty poorly. I mean, no Wiggins and Jordan Poole on Christmas, not right. a problem. Still win. It can still win in Phoenix, right? Yeah. No Draymond Green in Utah, get the W. Um, they've been able to get through missing guys over the last month, uh, maybe in ways that other teams can't. I, I just don't know that other teams could miss three starters and just keep rolling the way the Warriors do. Uh, Draymond, by the way, first game back, <laughs> I don't even know where you start with them. Zero points, 10 assists at the halftime. It was right. just one of those Draymond games, four blocks. By the eye test, he, it, I felt like he basically changed like 20 shots at various times. Like yeah. he was just... It was just one he was of the best those player games. on the floor. I mean, it was either it was either him or Jordan Poole, but he I think Draymond was probably the best player on the floor. Um, he is making Quinn Snyder look uh look smart for that. Uh, you know, he should be the MVP kind of you know, head turning comment. Easy because, killer. Yeah, I mean, I think we all agree, you know, Draymond's probably not the MVP of the NBA, but like in terms of ability to impact a game and be the best player on the floor, Draymond's one of those guys who can be the best player on the floor with a lot of players on the floor. It's just it again, it's like you, you get the Warriors hit teams with with waves. And even when Steph is is off, the, the Warriors system is unique, but because they have so many guys that can play, they are able to attack you in different ways and have like reasonable, like Jordan Poole can do a little discount Steph impersonation. So you still have the ability to run split action stuff with Draymond without Steph. You still have the the you can still do fake handoffs with Jordan Poole, with JTA, even though JTA probably shouldn't be in the rotation presently. But, like, the Warriors just have so many ways to attack you and so many guys that can just play that you can survive an off night from your superstar, from your, you know, the 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 sun that everything orbits around in ways that previous Warriors teams have never been able to, even with Kevin Durant, and nobody else in the league can because the Warriors are – they have unique depth and they have unique versatility and nobody else in the NBA has it. Yeah. You mentioned Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's second game coming off the bench. So he went to the the health and safety protocols. Um, honestly, sounds like he had it worse than anyone else in the sense of he was quarantined in Boston. Like he just wasn't able to leave Boston yeah, for that, 10 days. And by the way, hotel. that hotel in Boston sucks. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, I mean it's bad enough to not be able to leave where you're at. It's another level of just kind of annoying to be stuck in a hotel across country. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and the one thing that goes away very quickly is right. Like Jordan Poole's skill and is not going to go away, but being in NBA shape is a very different thing. And yeah, if you don't a- play in NBA games for not only can you not really work out, you can't get cardio in, but if you don't play in an NBA game for yeah. a week, 10 days, your, your wind is gone. Period. Yeah, there's no amount of like push-ups and sit-ups you can do at a hotel. Right. He's doing like prison that. workouts. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just, it's not getting it done. But what I want to get at is a second game coming off of the bench. Some people are speculating, you know, Kerr's getting him ready for Clay's return, which we think will be right. Sunday. We'll talk about it later. Um, 
It could also be just because GP2 is playing out of his mind and in some ways makes more sense next to Steph and let, you know, Poole come off the bench and be the pure six man instead of playing off Steph in some ways. But I don't know, man. I can't be more encouraged than when I've seen these first two games back in this role. Um, I thought he played excellent in the beginning part of the season next to Steph, even mm-hmm. if he had ups and downs with this outside shot and kind of picking his spots and figuring out where to take over versus where to play off of Steph. Um, these last two games, and particularly tonight against the Heat, he technically will be eligible for six man of the year because if he's not going to get back into the starting lineup, he will end up playing more games off the bench than as a starter. Right. It looks like an easy choice right now, right? Yeah. I mean, he could six man of the year, most improved. I mean, I think all of that is on the table for him and he has been good with Steph. I think they're plus 13 or 14 um, as a two. In general, having like a playmaker next to Steph, is always a plus like it is so yeah he's been good next to staff yeah yeah, he has been good i mean but gp2 is like i believe last i looked he was like plus 20.4 per hundred with steph um and i think it is i mean i i I think it is um you know the clay return is imminent and jordan pools you know steve has said that when clay comes back he's starting period um so I think it, I think it's a, a a a good problem to have right it's kind of an embarrassment of riches jordan pool um he is able to play with Steph because he's Jordan Poole is good off the ball. He's good on the ball. Um, and Steph can kind of do either depending on the matchups. But when you have with, with, uh, with GP two, you get all of that stuff. You get the dunker spot stuff. He's an elite cutter. He's an elite finisher. You know, he's shooting basically 70%. He basically he, plays center on offense. He might be the best point of attack defender in the NBA, like for guards. I don't I know. He's, he's, no, he is. He is. I'm just I'm just saying my just is. is okay yeah he just is if he was if he if he played you know like as much as he's been playing with guys um in protocols and as much as he's playing now as a starter you know if he played whatever I think he played 28 or 29 minutes played tonight. 30 minutes play, tonight yeah, yeah if he was if he did that for the whole season he would be first team all defense period um it is not point of attack defense is not as valuable as what Draymond does as sure you know what a center does uh, it's still the, pretty the valuable. Just a, but it is valuable and i don't think there's anybody better as as a guard defender i don't think there's anybody better in the league yeah anyone you'd think is better in him is getting into the Mikel bridges matisse thibel like six eight yeah those guys those guys of, are wings right yeah those exactly wings. or draymond or gobert or whatever sure. those guys are those guys are not guards and, he and is, by the way defensively he's a guard offensively he's a center i think he's and, and it's for a variety of reasons but over the last three weeks, um, Steve Kerr's played him more and more, and he's kind of forced his hand into the rotation more than anything. Like, we can go back. He wasn't supposed to make the team. The Vets wanted Avery right. Bradley because the yes. Vets knew Avery Bradley because Avery Bradley at one point was that guy who was an amazing point-of-attack defender. Yeah, I mean, he was the guy that gave Steph more problems than anybody. You yeah. know, his time, like in Boston, he was the guy that gave Steph more Circuit problems than anybody. 2018, he was as good as a god at the specific role that GP2 is playing right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but the Warriors went with GP2, and I can't second-guess that one right now. I mean, he's. I think he's exceeding everyone's expectations on it, particularly because he's hitting threes, too. Uh, he's, not, he's not out there to be a three-point shooter, but you got to be able to hit the open ones just to keep a defense honest over two on them tonight, but over 40% on the season. And he's been hitting, I mean, he's been pretty automatic with the catch and shoot threes. 
he mentioned a month ago that like Alex Caruso is like his guy and he wants to be like that Mm -hmm. in terms of like a G League guy who kind of found his way on an NBA roster and really maximized himself at doing the things that the team needs him to do. Like no one signing Caruso to run high pick and roll. No one signing GP2 to run high pick and roll. They're, They're signing him to be the guy who plays off of their guy who runs the pick and roll and be kind of the guy who fills every gap and is kind of just the ultimate glue guy who amplifies your stars. I mean, I, so much when I was watching the game tonight, I kept having this, this thought that it just feels like a charmed season for the Warriors. It feels like fate, charm season, whatever. Um, because you're right. A bunch of the guys decided we want Avery Bradley management says, no, we were taking GP2. He was GP2 was then released and available to anybody and came back and has been fantastic. Generally, by the way, know, his like contract, st- last I checked, has still not been guaranteed for the season. I'm not particularly worried about it, <laughs> but like, um, the I would date, suggest, yeah, the guarantee date I think is next week. Um, I think it's the 10th of. That sounds right. January, if it's not the tenth, it's like the fifteenth. It's somewhere there. That, sound, that sounds. They they still haven't done it, which just speaks to it. It's like he was, you know, it's a flyer. It just guy. it very he much thirty game like, <laughs> It very much feels like a charmed season for the Warriors, right? Like Steph has been completely healthy. Knock on wood, of course. Um, has avoided you know the COVID monster. Draymond, and even Draymond, like I missed a couple games, but the, the we're still really good. You're winning. The Warriors are winning big marquee games without Jordan Poole, without Andrew Wiggins. Um, it just it, that when I was watching, that was just it feels like the one the season where for whatever reason everything goes right, and and like even even the decisions where you say eh, I don't know about this, they just like. Steve Kerr, who, you know, uh, I'm going to sure, get yeah. a bunch of shit on because I've been really critical, but like every button he's pushing seems to be right. You and I were, were texting uh, before the show about like even all the coaching uh, adjustments, the coaching hires have seemed to be paying real dividends. So it just feels like a charm season for the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, last year ends and they were decidedly mediocre. Nice run at the end, obviously disappointment in the play in tournament. And the takeaways from the season were Steph's still that dude. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to do to put help around him? Right. And all off season, it's like, okay, well, they got to make a deal. You know, they, they got these assets. They got these picks. They got these young right. prospects. And it's like, we don't really know what Clay's going to look like when he comes back. And Wiggins was fine last year. It was pretty good, but like, he's not that guy. And, you know, they're just one move away from being like a legit contender because Steph's that good. Mm-hmm. And they go the other way. They're like, no, we're going to lean into strength and numbers. We're going to change up our coaching staff. We're going to really like beef up development and lean into what we do. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's not the sexiest thing, right? You know, it's not like, the, but no, but you, you know what? Like you, we all make fun of Joey's light years, but maybe he was right. He is right. I mean, he's like, hey, maybe man, he's right today, January 3rd or January 4th. When you're listening to this, he can take his victory lap because even if the Warriors get worse, which I don't think is going to happen this season, even if they hit some, like it's worked. 
They've put themselves in a position yeah. to do whatever they want. If they make a determination in two months that a trade must be made to really get them where they want to go, they're in position to do it. They have they have the stuff to get it done. But like, as of right now, it doesn't look like they really need to do that. Right. It doesn't. They, I mean, look, I think the Warriors for a variety of reasons, the Warriors are the best team in the NBA and like a core, whatever, five years from now, four or five, six years from now of Wiseman and Poole and Kaminga and Moody. And maybe you have old man, Steph as, you know, like just a sniper, just making, just making a bunch of threes because he can still do that. Like, that looks like a pretty good future going forward. If you if we're going to do organizational rankings going forward, uh, the Warriors are pretty high on the list. I, I don't know. I don't know a lot of teams. Maybe nobody in the league. I don't know a lot of teams that would that wouldn't trade rosters with the Warriors right now. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I guess we've all been like made fun of Joey Lightyears, but perhaps that man deserves his flowers because so far he's right. It, you put it out there you and he gave you a, he gave you a name for a podcast so there <laughs> you go true. golden state warriors basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find warriors tickets anymore because tick pick that's t-i-c-k-p-i-c-k is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all nba tickets TickPick got rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NBA tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will actually give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I actually did that for the San Francisco Giants game against the LA Dodgers game one, compared it to another site that I usually use. TickPick was actually cheaper. Uh, So there you go. But make sure you go to TickPick uh, for all your Warriors tickets games this season. Visit TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors tickets. Again, it's TickPick.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How can we go this far without talking about Andrew Wiggins? I think that's the um, that might be the best example of this, right? Like in the off season, he seemed like the obvious kind of flip move. Like if you can upgrade Wiggins, now you got something special, right? Like if you can turn Wiggins with some picks into a more established player, you're you're, you're money. You're you're yeah, you're moving yeah. from the second tier to the first tier. Yeah, the Warriors instead are just like, or we can continue developing him and get him to the level that people thought he could get to when he was the first overall pick. 
So another his, great game, another great game against the Heat, by the way. He was excellent tonight. Like, yeah, there's, he really there's was. no other, like, the only, the biggest criticism we have of him was Jordan Poole was just hotter. That's about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's still, and he's still, like, you know, he still disappeared for, offensively, at least. He still will disappear for times. But he was just damn good. And I, I think the best way, like, to frame the discussion is, whatever, three, four months ago, um, during the offseason, even early in the season, we you would say, you know, he was he was the name that was like because of his salary when everybody would say, okay, sure. Ben Simmons, what are you gonna what are you gonna add? What do you have to throw in? Like, will you do is it going to be Kaminga and Moody or Kaminga and Wise? At the time, the number seven pick, which hadn't right. conveyed exactly, or, you know, like what what and then exactly. now, right? And I still think Ben Simmons is would be a good fit with the Warriors, and I still am a Ben Simmons Simmons believer. But now I'm not even sure if I'm the Warriors, I'm not sure if I would trade Wiggins for Simmons straight up anymore. I mean, that like speaks to can only have so many players in the dumper dunker spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I want I want I want Simmons, uh Simmons GP2, and GP2. Looney and GP2 and Draymond all standing in the dunker spot, just <laughs> all just crowded with Steph by himself on the perimeter. That, that'll work well. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you bring up the point. Like now, with the level Wiggins is playing at, and Fitz is about to. I mean, he's starting it. the The All Star buzz is going to be there. And I, oh boy, I said it. I, I think he's going to make the All Star team for a variety of. I don't reasons. know if he. I, I mean, I think he's reasonably in the discussion, and that is a lot, right? I don't know if he's going to make it, but I think, I think he's if you reasonably run down the, the West, if you consider the fact yeah, that yeah, Paul George and Anthony Davis have. Uh, kind of taking themselves out of it by right. injury. Kawhi hasn't played yet, right? Kawhi. Yeah. Um, his chances are pretty good. You just run through the four. He's in the so discussion. Yeah, he's in the discussion. All right. So, I mean, I'm, well, do they wait? I, so this, I don't do it, know this. I'll, I'll do okay, it right let's now. do it. Okay. Let's so it. Th- there's going to be five guards at minimum. Um, and, and he's not making it as a guard because he's not a guard. So it doesn't really matter that like Steph, Ja, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Donovan Mitchell are going to make it. But that's five players. Yes. And then in the front court, LeBron, Jokic, um, in my opinion, Cat, Gobert, and Draymond are locks to make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, you know, pending their health the rest of the way forward. So we're at 10 players right now, which means the final two spots, I mean, it's Wiggins, it's DeAndre Ayton. Did you mention Booker? I did mention Booker. Yeah, okay. So you got um, Booker and CP3. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, like, okay, are you yeah, taking yeah, three yeah. guys yeah. from the Suns yeah. or three guys from the Warriors? Um, are you taking DeJounte Murray? Are you taking Brandon did you, Ingram? Wait, did you say, did you did, did you have Jaw? Because Jaw's got to be there. I have Jaw in there. Yeah, yeah Jaw's got to be there. I mentioned all the guys. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, it's, I think he's. It's one of he's, those. He's, yeah. It, I was just going to say, it's one of those things where it, it, combo of injuries and various things, like, the West isn't as deep as you think, and there aren't 12 clear better players than Wiggins to make the All-Star team right now. I actually want to I, – I wish – you know, it would be funny if the last spot could come – D'Angelo Russell hasn't been that good, but and he hasn't played enough. But if, it was, if the last spot was him to D'Angelo Russell, that would, would, be, be, would be great theater. That would be. Yeah, I mean, I, literally. So, so the, the, for the final two spots, and obviously January can change this, but it's like – is it DeAndre Ayton, Wiggins, DeJounte Murray on the Spurs has been phenomenal, but they're they're not even in the play-in. So I don't right. know how you weigh that. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, yeah. Has right. been amazing. Yeah, but again, that team is god awful. 
And he's he's missed he's missed some some time too. Yeah. Sure, that's the, that's the other thing. The only games Wiggins missed was the I want to say three games in protocol, so he didn't even sit that long. Um, Luca, Luca, Luca. Okay, sorry, Luca. I didn't mention Luca. Luca is yeah, probably a lock unless he gets hurt yeah, Luca, again yeah. and misses more time. So maybe maybe one spot. You know, you're fighting over. Um, I don't know. Actually, you know what else would be good for theater if it came down to. Uh, to two-way wigs versus cat which would also be a fantastic discussion i think oh, that would be great i think cat's a lock but the wolves are i mean you're, plucky, you're making a good point so good. right the, yeah. the west isn't that good right clay probably would be in the discussion but hasn't played in a couple years we didn't even mention dame because he's been if and and the blazers have been awful i mean but that would yeah, be a, theory, that's a name that theory, would normally can be go lost. on a three yeah yeah we didn't mention westbrook uh we don't need to go down that road but like in general you know he's for all his flaws he tends to get himself to a certain level for for conversation wise so my point is i think wiggins is i think on the back of the Warriors being the best team, the fan base getting behind him. I think he's going to end up getting one of those final spots. Um, I mean, just the fact that it's a credible like discussion to have. But yeah, it, right. that's, that's the point. It doesn't matter if he makes it. He's already validated all of the Warriors' faith in him is basically the point. Like if he misses it to DeAndre Ayton, it doesn't really take away anything from this mm-hmm. season, in my opinion. It's just kind of, you know, who knows how many other seasons Wiggins is going to have that that are all-star worthy per se. Like you kind of want to see him rewarded if you're a Warrior fan, right? Um, yeah, I, I think I think we can like, we can now giggle, officially giggle at the, um, well, now that we know what it is, the, the Wiggins and Kaminga for, for D'Angelo Russell trade. Right, yeah. just kind of gig, we can all just giggle at that now. I mean, it's, it's which also speaks about I think Kaminga, I think Kaminga, even after the roster crunch or the rotation crunch, Kaminga, I think, needs to play more. I think like, I, I think quite, he's quite clearly. I, I think he should be ahead of JTA and he should be ahead of Damian Lee in the rotation. Quite clearly. In my opinion, JTA is a Andre's, you know, getting a DNP old tonight, and you want mm-hmm. that point forward off the like bench tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, what's, like, but, but why not give Kaminga those reps? Sure, but it, well, I guess Kaminga does have some point forward potential. Yeah, why not give him the reps? And I think he's all. And then, by the way, Otto already probably better than a, a good point forward in his own right as a passer. So if if you're just like talking about like wanting the front court player who, you know, you're gonna throw it to to run the split cut off of. You know, like, because that's really what I'm talking about. Like the Warriors, it's it's hard to imagine them ever playing a lineup where they don't have someone in the front court that they feel comfortable throwing the ball to and running action off. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, but that but that speaks to like the depth and the versatility and and the. I mean, at this point, like we're boarding on greatness of this team. Is there are like Jordan Poole can do a discount staff impersonation, right? There's people that can. Nobody's going to do what Draymond does, but there are guys there are other guys that could do it and one of the things i was have been really impressed with um is you know a lot of times when when teams get a stop defensively get a turnover or get a long rebound and they want to get out in transition you kind of have to slow yourself down because you have to find the guy that can do it that can initiate one or two guys on the floor but Steph, obviously draymond pool auto porter can handle a little bit wiggins can do a little something like they're the Warriors have GP two kind of the Warriors have a bunch of guys that can get you out in transition on their own. 
where you you're not like stuck looking for who is the nominal point guard in this right, lineup. Right, right. I, I think that really benefits their, their transition game because they probably have more options. Kaminga can. They have, probably have more options than anybody in the league of just sheer number of guys that can get it and go. And then like Bielitsa, I don't want him handling in transition, but he's a decent playmaker. JTA is a decent playmaker. Like you can run all of those actions off of so many different guys. It makes the Warriors really difficult to scout. Yeah. I mean, it's, you were talking about this before the show, but it's like, does any other team in the NBA play like the Warriors? The Heat? No. The Heat on some level, and we we didn't see the full strength Heat tonight, but like the Heat are a team who, when they have Bam out of bio, they do some, they run some Draymondy stuff with him. Mm -hmm. They like to run Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Uh, in in some of like the the pet sets that Steph and Clay have run over the years, they and do. They definitely take some of that. The Utah Jazz also use some concepts the Warriors use, but like in general, I'm... there is not there. But yes, you're right. But but those teams um, don't have the off ball movement and passing that the Warriors have. Um, and I I think we were talking about this offline, but I think the Warriors are the least fun team in the NBA to play like there is no greater mental challenge because the Warriors have so many different waves of guys and play in a style that is different than everybody else it is a mental challenge defensively to guard the Warriors and then because the Warriors have so many options to guard uh initiators and it's we'll see if what Clay looks like defensively when he gets back but you know Draymond will guard uh Chris Paul and GP2 will guard uh, will guard Donovan Mitchell. And then Wiggins will take a turn. Um, and then JTA here and there. They just have so many waves of guys that can they can throw at you physically, defensively. And then make it's such a mental challenge to guard the Warriors because they play differently. It's like, you know, you're used to everybody runs mostly the same shit in the NBA. But the Warriors are like Air Force, like in a service academy in college football where you see the same shit over and over and over. Everybody mostly runs spread oh, concepts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you have to play a team that just plays differently. Play, and it takes you a while to adjust. Right? Veer triple veer, Yes, <laughs> exactly. I like it. Uh, and so that's what the Warriors are kind of like, because they just play differently than everybody else. Um, and it, I think it takes now it's more of an advantage in the regular season than it is in the playoffs when you get a chance to scout um, and you get to focus on one opponent for over a couple weeks. But in the regular season, it is really a mental challenge that breaks people and or breaks teams. And I wouldn't I'm not as concerned again to Steph was awful tonight, but I'm not as concerned as I have been about him because the shots he's getting good looks. He's getting open shots. He's getting the shots he wants. Yeah, he just these- isn't making them. Can we, can we talk about this real quick? Some of the misses tonight, I'm like, dude. Oh, yeah. It was, it's yeah, just it was. like wide open. Like, this is a two out of 10 on the Steph Curry difficulty scale at best. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing no signs of decline in terms of athleticism or burst. You know, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm, that maybe concerns me with the, the difficulty finishing at the rim. I would say that. But as far as his, his, but his even, three point shooting, even no. tonight, he missed a couple at the rim. And I was just like, where did you lose your touch? Like, it wasn't like he, it wasn't like he couldn't beat his man or finish over length. It was like you 
literally missed a finger roll type of thing. Like yeah. the type of stuff where I'm like, I don't know what something's off with you, but it's not like a, it, 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 it wasn't the type of decline where I'm like, Oh, Oh, these guys are too big and fast for him type of thing. No, I agree. I agree with that. I just think, I think we're going to see when father time comes for Steph, I think we're going to see that decline. Um, well, I mean, he's not really taking those floaters anymore. I think we're going to see the decline there and at the rim before much before we see it uh, on, on the perimeter. But I think the encouraging thing is it doesn't feel like whatever, like whatever little slump Steph is in, it doesn't feel like it has much to do with the opposition. It feels like it has to do with Steph is just missing shots. Um, and I, for one, don't expect him to continue to miss it. If Steph gets open shots like this, he's going to shoot 45% from three. Um, he just, he's been in a slump for, you know, going back for a few weeks now. But I, I don't think it's anything that is being done to him. I don't think he's been figured out or anything like that. And he's, I mean, at least as of now, he's the MVP. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's frustrating because you know what he's capable of, but it, I don't know. He's, he's going to eventually come out of it. And usually when he slumps like this, it means he's about to have a stretch where it's like, Oh, well, you know, kind of, he makes it, he makes like seven, somewhere between seven and nine threes for like three weeks straight in every game. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. And I think that's coming. And, you know, I think think it's in the rotation when, when, when clay and Wiseman come back, how many guys are you playing? And like, okay, this is a great, this is a great question. So, this this is my lock rotation. So obviously Steph and Clay start in the backcourt, and it's been postulated Clay's gonna start playing 18 minutes a game. I think he's gonna probably be in that 20-ish, 20 to 25 minute range for like an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. But you know, he'll he'll be on some sort of minutes limit, right? Uh Jordan Poole and Gary Payton the second will be the backup guards and they'll play some three guard rotation with clay at the three or GP two at the three, whatever. So that's four guys right there. Wiggins with Iguodala behind him. Those are my wings, that small forward spot, that six guys, mm-hmm. Draymond and Otto Porter are locks for the front court. That's eight guys. And Looney is a lock. He's going to play whether, <laughs> whether we like it or not. <laughs> He's going to play know, I do think Looney deserves to play. I think Steve overplays him. I think those are two distinctly different things, just to be clear. But, like, he is your best, quote-unquote, post defender. Just, like, you, you kind of need that guy to throw in there in, in a lot of matchups. Maybe not I've been, all. I've been it, is, it has made me, like, it has made me really want to see, offensively, Looney offensively, the role he is in has made me really want to see James Wiseman. <laughs> so, I mean, because so, there is so much stuff where it's just, like, you know, Looney missed a dunk and got called for offensive interference. But, on his own that, dunk, but, but, but does Wiseman know how to set a screen? Does Wiseman know how to make the extra pass? Like a lot of the stuff Looney, Looney gets, take- Looney gets two and a half, two and a half moving screen fouls a game. Eh, yeah, but he sets 20 of them. So that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so-, so that's, that's nine guys. <clears throat> yeah. To me after that, it's, uh, it's Wiseman Kuminga. And I hate to say, but some it's got to be kind of one or the other most nights where they're eating up 15 to 20 front court. Minutes. I mean, you can play 11 guys. I mean, that's a lot, but you can play 11 guys I mean, in the regular season. We know season. Steve will play 11 guys. So, right. but like you're in games that matter, you're not playing 11 guys. 
Yeah. Anyway, that, what but I'm so you getting, agree with like so JTA and and by the and way, we, Jamie we, Lee got to be out. And, and by Lee's the way, a, mm-hmm. we we all know Iguodala is not playing every night, so that'll open up some minutes for Kuminga, and that'll open up minutes for JTA to get just. Some nights you're just going to want JTA's energy and hustle and an added passer in there, right? Um, I think Damian Lee is the one who gets squeezed the hardest because they legitimately have four guards they have to play. And in, and if they're all healthy, there's no minutes for Damian Lee, right? No. no. I mean, he's, he's deep Nor, But frankly, he's there. He's there, there if, he's there if someone, you know, uh, Clay needs a night off. Uh, GP2 rolled an ankle someone's in protocols that type of thing right yeah i mean i don't i i don't i i'm not i don't think there's minutes for jta or damien lee i think i think bielitsa is questionable he's also i think he's also deep bench if otto's you know if otto has the night off then sure get bielitsa in there right but like if you have otto I put this out on Twitter. My favorite is his Bielitsa. He makes one three. He's like done nothing all game. Makes one three. And then all of it immediately it's heat check time. <laughs> he gonna get one up. If he makes one, he's getting the next one up and it doesn't matter where it is. Oh yeah. I, I mean, he's the confidence is the confidence is real. I respect it. I respect it. I like it. I mean, and then that it speaks to it. Like he can play right. It's yeah. situational. The problem is without, with, he kind of has to play without Wiseman. I mean, you know, the, the Utah game, uh, Gobert just, you know, he was fine defensively, but he just destroyed the Warriors on the offensive glass because he's just, it's where Wiseman fits in, right? It's Even if Wiseman isn't great, it's somebody that can match size with those centers that, especially without Draymond, that like Looney and Bielitsa just are not big enough to, to deal with. But like without Wiseman, Bielitsa is probably the tallest guy on the team. So like it makes sense to have him out there at times, at least just to fight. If any team has a real center, just to kind of give some minutes fighting the guys that are too big for Looney and maybe Draymond, definitely JTA um, an auto Porter. Like I, I think, I think Bielitsa should probably be ahead of JTA and Lee also. Yeah. I think that's situational, but I think we, I think we kind of hit on like the eight guys. I'll take Looney out of it, even though Looney's going to play. There's eight guys who have to play every night if they're healthy. And granted, one of them's a good doll, and he's not always healthy. It's like it's and even if he is, he may even if he is, he may not be out there. Yeah, I mean, he's just save him for save him for when it counts, right? And it's like it's Steph, Clay, Poole, GP2, Wiggins, Igudala, Draymond, Otto Porter. Those guys play. Everyone else rotates off of that until proven otherwise. So, and you made you made the really uh, like the really good and stark contrast to the Warriors' last twenty games uh, last right. season, right? Going fifteen and five, and it was JTA and Molder, like just like not guys that are necessarily even NBA players. And Reliable now, like options, you, yeah. you, you couldn't, you couldn't. They played eight guys every night, and you, and like three or four of them were like, eh, maybe these are fringe NBA guys, maybe. And now, yeah, Mulder, Mulder was very much can you bias ten minutes type of player last year, right? And um, was, GTA, GTA was good last year. GTA it, was it, good, it, yeah, because he made he made he made his he made one out of every two threes that he took. Yeah, I mean, game. but that that's the thing. GTA last year was it actually? This is a great way to end the show. It, this is the best way to describe the difference between last year and this year. 
GT was a necessity last year. Absolutely. He was like in your five or six man, like the, the your main dudes. Mm-hmm. G- this year, we're like, oh, yeah, dude, great 12th man. Throw him out there when three guys are out. But like he doesn't need to play if everyone's healthy. He and, probably he shouldn't. He probably shouldn't. Yeah, and, and it's like, and I, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of him as a player. Just, the story's amazing. And did like, you know he came from East Oakland? I, I, I heard of that once. Um, and it's just like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it is, great to have a guy like yeah. that on, on the team, and he's a good player. He he deserves to be on an NBA roster, in my opinion. But like, he doesn't. He just shouldn't be in the top five men. So last year it was, we need this dude at the end of the year. And this year it's mm, maybe if, you know, break, break glass in case of emergency. We need someone to change the energy type of guy instead of, we need you to be a, a fundamental piece type of guy. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on this time. Anytime, brother. You know, always. You know how to find me. Mm-hmm.